Hello, everyone. Welcome to Slightly Something Else. I'm joined by Marty Sleeper, as per usual. Hello. You join me on a weirdly chilly California morning. Yeah, we're it's both all bundled up. It's coming into that time of the year when all the cows get brought into the barns and all the uh, all the little dogs get brought into the jacket to keep them warm. <laughs> all the little jacket dogs. We have yeah. so many jacket dogs now. Okay, go back inside, go back to sleep, Tov. Bye, jacket dog. Uh, and yes, uh, for a couple of reasons, the topic of Mario came up. One of them mm -hmm. being, it's officially five years since the release of Mario Odyssey. God, I remember yeah. when that came out, because there was like three huge titles came out the same day. Yeah, I, that's that's like one of those days. It was that, it was Wolfenstein 2 and uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. I remember that. All on October Very 27th. Clearly. Yes. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, it's also relevant because you've been playing that new Mario and Rabbids thing. I have. <laughs> yeah, Mario and Rabbids uh, Sparks of Hope. Yeah, I've been yeah. Uh, playing it and, and really enjoying it, like despite the fact that on paper I should not enjoy that game because I don't like Rabbids and I, I don't think I like tactics, but did slap some Mario on it and I'm happy. Did you play the first one? I did, yeah, and I, uh, I I enjoyed that too. I think I like this one better because it has um, it, the overworld has more of an, a sense of exploration. The overworlds remind me of like a more uh, in-depth Splatoon three overworlds. You know okay. how there's those little like areas where you're sort of using things to unlock things and stuff like that, but there's like more secrets to them, and I like the battle system better. So, well, maybe go. I'll check it out later yeah. today. I'm in a sort of in betweeny sort of week. Mm -hmm. There are a uh, lot of games. I feel like any complaints we had that there weren't a lot of big games, there's now a lot of big games. Yeah, yeah, I've kind of got through all the current ones on my plate. Mm -hmm. I could use a little side dish. You could use a little Sonic the Hedgehog coming soon. Uh, not till uh, next month. Oh, not so soon. But this inspired us to uh, raise the question in a slightly asshole clickbaity title sort of way, which oh. I must say absolutely worked. People have been arguing this for several hours, by the looks of it, yeah. in the chat. Is Mario still relevant in this day and age? Because I always think of Nintendo as a company that's sort of doing its own thing. Mm -hmm. They're not really part of the larger struggle of uh, the games industry at the moment. Yeah, and they don't follow... Nintendo, like, sometimes to their own detriment, doesn't follow trends. Like, Nintendo will just be like, oh, now we want to use little mini CDs and not real big CDs. And then that yeah. fails. And then they're like, well, we want to use Waggle. Our whole console's going to be built on Waggle. And, I think yeah. Nintendo feel like they want to set trends more than uh, follow them. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it works out for them. Although they mm -hmm. did sort of steer the entire industry off course for a while with that motion control bollocks. <laughs> I feel like they deserved one of those because they brought the industry back from the dead in the mid 80s. So I feel like True. they deserve one uh, let's steer off the cliff and see what happens moment. I wouldn't describe it as bringing the industry back from the dead as it was just sort of taking over the American games market after Atari completely screwed the pooch. Yes. I mean, the home console market was kind of dead for a couple of years then. Um, and, Maybe and, in America. Uh, when I was growing up, like home gaming platforms like the Commodore 64 and the Spectrum were sort of bridged the gap between the early uh, retro stuff like Atari and the later 
NES and Sega stuff. Actually, the release yeah. of the NES was notoriously botched in Europe. Europe was very much a Sega territory. That's right. So I didn't have a whole lot of experience with Mario growing up. I had a friend who had an NES, and I played like Mario Brothers and Mario 3 when I went around his house. Uh, never had one myself. I think the first. Do you remember like being impressed by them? Like, did you see like Mario Brothers, uh, Super Mario Brothers, or Mario Three, and we were like, "Man, this is cooler than the stuff I have." I think I was still at the age where I didn't really think of things in those terms. It was just Mm -hmm. like here, here is a thing. It is distracting our tiny malformed child brains. Yeah. Uh, I was more nostalgic. I'm more nostalgic for like the old games I used to play on the Commodore 64. Having to wait for the cassettes to load. That's, uh, yeah. that's what made you really appreciate the experience back then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, everyone's everyone's uh, uh, mile marker for nostalgia is obviously, uh, you know, unique and different because I, I definitely do have a lot of nostalgia for, um, you know, Nintendo and, and Mario as a franchise. There was a period in my teens when I did a lot of emulating and I like downloaded all the Mario games and played through them all on emulators. Uh, so I became very familiar with them. I still didn't have much nostalgia for them. They just felt like a thing to pass the time. Yeah. The, uh, the first Nintendo console I actually owned was a Nintendo GameCube. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. you didn't even have that like moment of like come to God moment with Mario 64 where you're like, oh, everything's different now. No, I never had an N64, and I always thought Mario 64 looked kind of ugly anyway. That's... At the time, you thought it looked ugly? In 1996, you thought it looked ugly? Again, I don't really remember having much opinion on it either way. Blasphemous. See, I was kind of, I grew up kind of poor. It wasn't until mm-hmm. uh, I was uh, more in my late teens and early 20s that I really started embracing gaming as a hobby. Yeah. Before then, it just felt like a thing to do. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, especially if you can't, like if, like you said, if you grew up poor and you were like, well, I can't have a lot of this, so I'm not going to really devote too much of myself to a thing I can't have. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you clearly have a... What was your experience of Mario growing up? Yeah, my... Uh, the the I think one of the earliest gaming memories I have was of playing Mario 3. Uh, I have an older brother who's five years older, so he was... Um, he was more of the age of actually being into games and, and you know, reading Nintendo Power and, and buying stuff. And so one of my earliest memories of, like, holding a controller and doing anything with it was Mario 3. Uh, and then uh, Mario World uh, for the Super Nintendo was the first, as I can remember, the first game I ever completed. Like, the first game I ever beat by myself. Hmm. Um, and sort of set the... Like that was the the sort of the spark that was like, oh my god, this is a thing I'm going to enjoy doing for the rest of my life. And um, I do feel like I I, I kind of treat the Mario games as these um, uh, like benchmarks for not only how uh, the medium continues to grow, but like how I continue to grow and appreciate games. Um, you know, and that led to like weird spinoff things like Yoshi's Island, which I still adore and I think is you know one of the most kind of clever zigs when they could have very easily just um stayed the course and then i do at mario 64 like i remember seeing the demo of like a month or two before the game came out they had it at a local toys r us and you could play it and just running around the courtyard at first or the little lawn in front of the much uh castle was probably to this day the most impressive thing i've ever seen in a game um I'm, i feel like i've come to terms with the fact that i'll never be that impressed 
buy like a piece of technology ever again just because we've talked about this in the past of the the incremental growth and how you know what's the last thing to actually wow us and i don't know if we're ever going to have that again which is fine yeah you got some pretty thick nostalgia glasses on there uh, i do and thick regular glasses as well mario 64 was certainly a pioneer for 3d gameplay it uh, invented Mm -hmm. the camera controlled with the analog stick which was sort of standard for third person games after well, the, that, the, the, but well the camera controlled with the c buttons the uh, character controlled with the analog stick but mario's almost been like the only real mainline franchise that's still doing platforming in the AAA space yeah and really hasn't deviated from it um no. like it's added things it's had sort of offshoots that um you know, focus on a single thing like the the flood mechanic in uh, uh, Mario Sunshine, or like the really cool sort of small gravity things in, in Mario Galaxy. But um, yeah, Nintendo just sticks tried and true to the formula, but then has a shit ton of offshoots to experiment in different genres and styles and stuff with. Well, you know. that's where we get into Mario as brand. Because mm-hmm. uh, I forget which review it is, but I made the point that there's sort of like various flavors of mario content you have them you have mainline mario content super Mm -hmm. mario 64 sunshine galaxy galaxy 2 odyssey the tent pole Mm -hmm. which is like the center of town then you have uh nostalgia mario which is sort of like this offshoot that developed around the wii era which is more sort of recreations of old 2d mario or like yeah the the new super mario games yeah games like mario maker that's uh Mm -hmm. that bank of that and then you have like in the surrounding slums all around that uh, central district you have branded mario mario as brand where they just stick his face on whatever shit yeah where you find your mario party mario golf mario all the mario sports stuff mario uh, yeah, lunchboxes Mar- uh, mario, mario yeah. teaches typing yeah mario kart smash the rpg games even yeah. wario games which spun from uh, mario on game boy so that aspect of mario is almost uh, distinct from the uh, core platformer series in terms of mm-hmm. relevance to gaming i mean that's obviously mario is relevant because mario is like he's like mickey mouse he's like superman he's just yeah the face of the medium so uh, a lot of people compare to mickey mouse and i do i completely agree with that and i think miyamoto is even trying to position him as uh mickey mouse i mean you're seeing you have the mario theme park that opened up with universal studios we have the mario movie coming out next year it's clear that they uh, want that japan had mario theme parks for ages i think uh oh did they like before the universal studios ones i'm pretty sure yeah i think i wouldn't i wouldn't not surprise me yeah was I, I remember hearing no nah, it can't be because I, I was about to say like i think tokyo disneyland had a mario land but um i don't think that's right i just remember like there's a lot of the theme parks in japan and i just think there's some mario themed ones i yeah i i have to imagine there there would have been something throughout the decades um however when people just say oh it's like mickey it doesn't really matter anymore it's like mickey's just like uh too big to fail just sort of an icon but doesn't really you know, have any weight behind it. Like it's something you when a new Mario course. game comes out, like Mario Odyssey sold twenty some million copies. It got rave reviews. Like a lot of people named it their game of the year. It's 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 that the Mario Odyssey sold more copies than like any of the first party 
Sony games, so it sold more than you yeah. know God of War and The Last of Us and well, Uncharted. That is, and that is the difference between uh, Mario and Mickey Mouse, I suppose, because uh, Mickey Mouse isn't really in films anymore. Yeah, yeah. And but there's still like uh, the the tenpole Mario games. Mario is still represented in the core space of the mm -hmm. medium. Yeah, rather than just a mascot of it. Yeah, and, and I agree. Yeah. Mario Odyssey was a very solid game. Mm -hmm. I mean, in retrospect, because I've been playing it again because uh, my my daughter really likes watching me play it, and uh, I was playing like Mario Galaxy with her. But before that, and I remember thinking that Mario Odyssey really does feel like a step up from Galaxy in a lot of ways, because Galaxy just feels like rote sequence of challenges. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Like uh, one after the other? Yeah, whereas what Odyssey thing? gives you sort of open world freedom. Yeah, Odyssey has that open world freedom in like the uh, hub world sense in that it's uh, several open worlds, some more linear than others. Uh, yeah, it seems like Odyssey has more room for you to just pick up a controller and play, whereas yeah. if you tried to do that in Galaxy, you'd get like fucking, you know, domed by an asteroid and die. That's the, why I think the next time there's a tentpole mario game mm -hmm. the way they're going to step it up next time is just going to be full-on open world seamless yeah like, which like we it's got... pretty much the only thing they could do at this point yeah which we got a taste of with uh, bowser's fury which I, um, I i suspect that was a sort of testing of the waters the way assassin's creed 3 tested out ship mechanics before assassin's creed yeah, 4 did that's it. Not the, the literal waters yeah um yeah i definitely get the feeling there uh and that being said it's, it is pretty it's, it's interesting that it's just been a long time without a new Mario game. Like, we usually get one, you know, every few years. I think the biggest gap between core Mario games was um, between 64 and uh, Sunshine. Um, but that was also that gap between, like, 96 and 2002 was when Nintendo really started going into experimenting Mario as a brand in different franchises. So that's when we got, like, Kart 64 and Smash and a bunch of the sports games on the N64 and Mario Party and everything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it feels like Nintendo still treats Mario and Zelda as sort of their golden geese and that mm. um, they sometimes allow... They've, they've gotten a little bit better at allowing, like, other people to um, sort of play in their... Um, you know, playing their sandboxes with obviously Ubisoft and Mario Rabbids. And yeah. we've seen the Zelda, you know, Capcom's done a Zelda and they've done the Cadence of Hyrule, um, you know, Trip of the Necrodancer, Zelda indie games. Um, but it still feels like their tentpole Mario or Zelda games are like they come once every five years and they are, you know, everyone step out of the way. This is going to be the next big thing kind of thing. Yeah. Well, personally, as someone who specializes in narrative in games, I have little patience mm -hmm. for Mario and Zelda from a narrative perspective. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's uh, what makes me a little cynical about the upcoming film, of course. Because, sure. as we say, 
Mario is sort of in the Mickey Mouse position of being like the the face of the industry and uh, being like the number one property for Nintendo. But with that comes a certain amount of protectiveness. And uh, you can't really give any edge to the character because, you know, whatever you do is going to offend someone. If you come out and say Mario likes peas, you're going to alienate oh. people who don't like peas. So, you, so they can't even do that. They can't even have Mario come out and say, I'm really fond of peas as a vegetable. Because yeah. cause they don't want to like um, alienate any potential audience. And I find, and I see that in... That really is um, brought into sharp relief for me when I compare it against what they do with Luigi. Yeah. They play like Luigi's Mansion and stuff. What I've always appreciated about those games is that Luigi is permitted a personality. He is permitted uh -huh. emotions. He is permitted an arc. None of which is permitted for Mario. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they, they allow Mario to be the straight man in uh, sort of uh, strange and, and bizarre worlds. You know, like the, the, a lot of the Paper Mario games and, and Super Mario RPG even have like really funny and strange writing. But it is usually everything that is around Mario. And Mario is kind of like the silent and emotive uh, vessel to to react to everything that is happening around him how do you think about that when you consider mario odyssey in the bits when he went to an actual human city with normal proportioned humans yeah that's one of the weirdest things that series has ever done I, every I time i replay that game and i get there and i'm like what the fuck were they thinking here <laughs> it was a weird move to make it reminded me unpleasantly of sonic 2006 which did something very similar yeah. Just put it in Sonic alongside normally proportioned humans, and something just feels immediately off about it. Yeah, it's funny. I've seen uh, I, I've seen a couple people in chat bring up bring up Sonic uh, first in terms of you saying how Mario's the only the still like the only franchise that's kind of still pure platforming. People said, "What about Sonic?" I'm like, I don't know if Sonic. A lot of the Sonic games, I don't know if I would classify as platforming. I don't know what I would call them, but. Um, they don't think of platforming, I think, using the same when kind Sonic, of that Mario does. When I, I mean, let's break it down. When we talk about platforming, what I mean is a game that hinges upon the player being able to accurately maneuver themselves around an environment. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to Sonic, accuracy is sort of less the focus on that. Yeah. It's more I mean, it's a Sonic, whenever a Sonic game has you, you know, accurately land on a small platform... It always feels incredibly annoying. Yeah. I mean, I can't count the number of times I was streaming when I was streaming Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 that I would just start shaking my head because I'm like, this game has taken control and I don't know what is happening right now. And I'm just bouncing yeah. everywhere and going through loops. And at no point do I have actual control over this character. Whereas, like, as Mario has grown, both in, you know, through the 2D generations, then into 3D, like, I feel like uh, the, the feel of controlling Mario has been the number one priority on the designer's mind like even well, I, yeah. small nuances they've added in galaxy with uh you know being able to throw your hat and then dive at the hat and jump off the hat to sort of like add a triple or quadruple jump um you know everything is meant to feel good and to have good game feel which is yeah. the opposite of sonic i understand that's what they did with 64 they just for the mm -hmm. like the first year of development they just had mario in a room and just iterate and iterate and iterate until it was just fun to move him about yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mentioned that in um, Dev Diary once. It's a good way to approach game design, I think, focusing on the primary gameplay loop and all that. 
Yeah, because I think ultimately that's if you can, uh, you know, if you can make just the sheer act of movement fun, then from there, like you mm. can, you can design the levels around them, and I, I imagine they'll be easier to design if you're designing a playground to to actually run around. Um, yeah, it's funny because when people are talking about Sonic's platformer, like, um, I, I think we both mentioned it because we both really liked the game earlier this year, but it seemed like. Neon White was a game that took the principles of gotta go fast from Sonic, mm. but then brought them into platforming. Like, that almost feels like a game very much inspired by Sonic. Yeah. But good. Where did Sonic go wrong, do you think? I, when I think of modern Sonic games, I think of them as just games where you run down corridors very fast. Especially yeah, you do. Yeah. Especially shit like Sonic Boom. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm really curious about Frontiers because everything they've shown are these massive. Oh, me too. I'm I'm very much looking forward to that one, as I keep saying. <laughs> I think the two of us are looking forward to it for different reasons. Oh, uh, you know, I'm open yeah. to the I'm open to the prospect of it being good. Yeah, I will, absolutely. Yeah. Unfortunately, there is like the the proviso that Sonic Team are making it. Yes. Yeah. That seems like the opposite of the Mario team. Um, yeah. Is there like a the... fixed Mario team besides Miyamoto? No, Mario teams, uh, Nintendo internal teams are weird because they have their own sort of like silos, but the silos work on a handful of things. Like if I'm not mistaken, the Animal Crossing team also worked on Splatoon. Hmm. Uh, the Zelda team was only working on Zelda. And I do think the Mario team, you know, after bouncing off Odyssey did uh bowser's fury and then moved on to uh uh whatever this you know unannounced next mario game is going to be assuming it's a mario game and not like a donkey kong game or something um i guess that's it and that's another franchise that you know mario is, will forever be tethered to donkey kong because mm. mario is technically a spin-off of donkey kong i guess or oh, donkey kong is a spin-off of mario depending on uh yeah, depending on how you want to look at it, Mario Jumpman first appeared in a Donkey Kong game, and then, but then Mario's success. But he wasn't ended. Mario, was he? He was, he was Jumpman. Jumpman, and he was just a man who was trying to like. And then Donkey Kong Junior, he was just a horrible monster who was trying to kidnap chimps. Yeah, which, that was weird. Yeah, Mario. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, if you look at all the jobs Nintendo has given Mario, um, he's he's uh, Mario has led a life. Um, I do agree with you when you said earlier that uh, as someone who who. Uh, comes to games and wants to really focus on narratives that um, Nintendo's two core franchises can leave a lot lacking. And like, I, I think it's probably good that they don't bog down Mario or Zelda even with story. I mean, despite the fact that Zelda obviously has people who are yeah. trying to put the timeline together and everything, like ultimately story kind of doesn't matter in a Zelda game. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I guess I want to feel like there's a motivation behind the things we do when i play games yeah and, uh, that's sort of leads me to sort of interrogate the whole mario setup of the princess constantly being uh kidnapped perhaps yeah I put, perhaps i put too much thought into it perhaps this is on me because you know i do think mario is relevant in the sense that uh the games are a great demonstration of top-level game design. They're mm -hmm. very clearly well-focused on the primary gameplay loop and provide a, still provide a great example to all. But Yeah, and I, and I also think Nintendo oftentimes uses them as um, sort of pillars of their platforms. Um, 
like almost showing like, hey, look what this can do. Like Mario, Super Mario World felt like a, hey, look at what we can accomplish uh, on the Super Nintendo that we couldn't before with, mm. uh, you know, some light mode seven graphics stuff and like the ability to have layers like Mario could go behind this fence and you can see him behind the fence. Uh, and then, you know, the, the Mario handheld games um, on the original Game Boy showed like, look, you can have full console feeling adventures on, you know, on the go and this will become a big thing and sure enough you know handheld gaming became a big thing and then mario 64 did a similar thing with 3d just sort of reinventing the language of how we move in 3d um you know galaxy's use of of the wiimote and everything i thought was right, probably right. Some of the best use on there um, mario is the hello world of new gaming technology how yeah 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 i like <laughs> i like that i guess it's nice to have like uh, a firmly set in stone pre-established thing that everyone will immediately understand so that you can just concentrate on uh, showcasing what can be done with the current hardware yeah and current design sensibilities yeah and i think even like i i would venture to say that uh the the design of mario odyssey which is um you know there's like a thousand uh you know things to collect in the game you know every you every you, you can spend five minutes on the game to collect a thing and be like i accomplished something um i feel like that was it was designed that way because of how the switch was designed like the, the switch was meant for portability or for playing a little bit on the go and then sticking it in your dock or you know um so you can uh, ostensibly pull out the switch on a train and get like one or two stars and then put it away and you're happy uh, um, i do i do like I have liked in the past how certain properties like Paper Mario, as you mentioned, but also basically all the Mario RPGs going right back to Super Mario RPG on the SNES. I've always been good sports about being a bit irreverent with yeah. the Mario. I mm -hmm. wonder how like it gets away with it sometimes. Like yeah. uh, stuff in like in Super Paper Mario where you have to find toilet roll for a little alien who's desperate for a poo. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, wonder, I don't know. If I just wonder if yeah, did anyone actually get into a room with Miyamoto and run that past him at any point? Yeah, yeah, and was he like, yes, yes, he may, he can do the poo. It is, it is fine with him. Uh, I also think one of the important things which you which you briefly mentioned earlier is that Mario, since its inception, like since the eighties, still feels like if someone's like, what game should I play or show my x-year-old child who who's getting into gaming mario no matter when it's been mario has seemed like a go-to answer well it's uh it's certainly very family friendly mm -hmm. and it's very immediate yeah i mean i think that immediacy is also a big thing is you, yeah. could, you, you touch the controller and things happen like so you get satisfying feedback from fiddling with the knobs and buttons as i say primary gameplay loop stuff i mean uh, yeah you wouldn't give your kid like persona 4 it's like four hours of text boxes before the first dungeon this is true and a lot of like and yeah people being murdered and hung up on uh on, on electricity well, yes. well that aside yeah yeah um there, john ingles yeah. says not nah, it's minecraft now is it um, because everyone i know with kids has started with mario mario Maybe it's minecraft minecraft doesn't have rules and i think when you're when you're learning something right off the bat it can be very uh overwhelming if there's no rules yeah. you kind of need to have edges to the world and and yeah yeah clear marks of de demarcation well i guess we'll find out when my kids get a bit older 
and we'll see what yeah. they want to play. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that is the big thing is like Although what I have found is if like sometimes my kid wants to like take the controller when I'm playing Mario Odyssey and she'll try it for a bit and it just she really can't get her head around pushing the analog stick in a direction to go in that direction. Maybe because she's not even the three yet, so it's possible she doesn't capable of that sort of abstract association. Yeah. Yeah. But I've always thought, you know, control like controlling with two analog sticks is something that while comes very naturally to you and I it's something that people who are completely new to gaming often stumble with. Yeah. And I often thought maybe we should start, just go all the way back to the 2D Marios, just push left and right and press button to jump. Yeah, I mean, because that's like, you know, there have been a, a you know billion essays and videos on it, but like the... I mean, what do you, sort I mean, of you say it's like... Look, oh, sorry, go on. I mean, you say it's like immediately accessible, but with the case of Mario Odyssey, is it? If you just handed a controller to someone and, and like told them to navigate this 3D space and jump around it, um, how naturally would they uh, take to uh, navigation around the 3D space? Because I think a lot of people would struggle. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is... I, I knew people who grew up on 2D games and then stopped gaming, and then if you were to try to get them to play a game where you have to use dual yeah. two sticks... It's hard for them to wrap their heads around. They're compared, you know they're I mean, adults. Compared to, compared to something like a first-person shooter, which usually doesn't uh, call upon completely accurate movement, like a three D platformer is a quite requires quite sophisticated movement skills. Uh, I I feel like not nearly as much as a shooter, like a twin stick shooter, like like uh, moving left the or left stick moves the character, right stick controls you know the the neck ostensibly like i was thinking of when you use mouse and keyboard controls okay well There's to be a... fair i don't i still don't know how to use mouse and keyboard controls oh, so okay. maybe i'm just a lost cause there um but no i do think uh, that you know i think there's a there's a reason that a lot of people uh not only of our age but even in the orbit of that age cite the original mario as a game they remember playing as a kid because it is like the, that first level of Mario is like level design 101 of you can try to go left, but the screen won't move. So you go right and the screen moves and then there is a thing in front of you and you have to jump over the thing. So you have to figure out which of the two buttons allows you to jump. And then you see a shiny thing and you figure out what to do and you jump underneath it and you get a thing and the thing lets you grow. Um, so it does, it kind of like teaches you everything you need to know about the game within the first level. And it's, it's obviously it's, it's trite to say it now, but, um, I, I, I don't know if they realized it at the time, but it was like, it's it's a kind of a revolutionary first level. Yeah, I mean, we always talk about how, like, pure and natural the uh, mm -hmm. gameplay of the original Super Mario Bros. is. I think it could be purified a little more. I've always thought the run button was a bit extraneous. Why not just run all mm. the time? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm surprised. So, we had Super Mario Run that came out in, like, 2016, I oh, think. Oh, yes. Or yeah, the, the iOS game, yeah, yeah, and that did the thing where Mario would always run to the right, and all yeah. you had to do was tap to jump, and that was sort of the the core mechanic. And then tap again if you wanted to wall jump and that kind of thing. And no matter what happened to Mario, he would run right, or if he was facing left, he would sort of do a turnabout and run right. Um, and I felt like that was the simplest distillation of what Mario can be, but it doesn't seem like it ever really caught on. I think part of it was like Nintendo 
surprisingly didn't aggressively monetize it. They I guess Nintendo's pretty good yeah. on that, but they didn't really get the mobile space. No, I mean Nintendo a lot of times is like a decade lead to a trend, which is why yeah. you know you mentioned Mario Maker games, and I feel like with the right infrastructure and right kind of findability, those could have been pretty big, um, but they lacked yeah. both yeah. of them. Mario ROM hacking tools have been around for decades before. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you see those uh, uh, those Kaizo ROMs, and like people even run those at uh, uh, you know GDQ and stuff. These levels that are completely fucking bonkers. Um, did we anything? Any specific points to raise before we go to super chats? Uh, no, I just do. I mean, ultimately, I guess. Did you want to answer the question? Do you think Mario is still relevant? And also, like, I guess, what do we mean by relevancy? Well, I'm going to do the politician asshole stance of saying that it's a bit of column A and a bit of column B. That's not an answer! I think Mario is relevant as uh, in terms of game design. Uh, I'm not entirely convinced he's relevant in terms of the existing in the hearts of minds of kids. Some people said that Minecraft's sort of taken over. A lot of kids sure, like yeah, get their gaming start with like mobile yeah. games these days. Yeah, yeah. And I think... The response to the Mario movie is probably going to be a bit of a acid test mm-hmm. in terms of Mario's value uh, between compared to from one generation to the next. Yeah. What yeah, because you can. Have, you could... how, what What are you expecting from the Mario movie? You going to uh, be out there day one? I'm. I am going to be out there day one. Yeah. Um, uh, hopefully, I can like go with a nephew, so I don't look like a weirdo at the theater. There with a bunch <laughs> of kids, but. Um, yeah, I think the movie's going to make a shit ton of money because I think olds are going to take youngs to it, and so you're going to get the whole family demographic. Um, I think kids are really going to love the movie, and I think people who like Mario are going to be like, oh, look at all these neat nods. I do know, no, I don't think in any way, shape, or form it's going to be a like great animated movie in the way that you could say a lot of Pixar or, or Studio Ghibli stuff or even... Um, um, you know, something like Into the Spider-Verse um, is. Do you, think but... it's going, do you think it's going to be true to the character of Mario? <laughs> well, like we said, what is the character? Is is oh, Mario yes. a character? Mario is oh, I, I, he's, he's uh, either not a character at all or just the simplest archetype. Well, that's why it's so hard to answer the question of whether he's relevant because <laughs> he's spread so thin. Yeah. Is, like, Paper Mario Mario more relevant to... Mario movie Mario or Mario Odyssey Mario? Yeah, because I mean, that's where we've gotten the most Mario characterization and interactions with others. Um, I mean, my, well, probably my favorite of, of a core Mario game, my favorite interaction of Mario with another character is the fact that uh, at the end of the main game in Mario Odyssey, when they're like, all right, we saved the princess from Bowser. And she's like, I don't want to marry anyone here. Like, I'm sick of both of you fools and she just bounces and goes on her own adventure yeah trying yeah, to steal trying to steal mario's car yeah yeah um yeah i think that's uh i i i really like that i guess that uh, yeah, brings we'll certain uh gender politics relevance to mario because there's yeah, been is... that slightly iffy vibe of like the the lady has to wait for the big strong man to come rescue her yeah yeah and most games sort of well games sort of shifted from uh, man saves girlfriend to man saves daughter. Once, the once the game designers started to have kids yeah. and children and daughters, and funny that, yeah, yeah, that works. You don't get empathy until you have one of your own. 
All right. Well, let's see if Super Chats will drive the debate a little more. Wonderbar. And also uh, check out, look, look at our, yeah, we're at almost, what, 62%. Uh, thank you so yeah. much, everyone. Yeah, the, uh, the weekend streams did pretty well. Yeah. Everyone likes seeing Nick uh, picking his waifu. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I joined in with some phasmophobia, and that seemed to go down pretty well. As we're, so yeah. we're well over halfway. Still 64 days, to, 68 days to go, and we are on 62% of our goal to for recording Adventures Night Season 3 in location. So get your super chats in now, because we have to read out whatever you write, and you can yeah, contribute to the, to the big goal. But you know what's definitely not going to happen today, buddy? What? We're definitely not going to get past 65% today, because you know what these yes. guys are like. They're yes, all talk. Well. They did so well over the weekend. All mouth and no so well. trousers, that's their problem. All mouth and no trousers? I don't even know yeah. what that means. We've... They don't have any pants? So I've my my standards are set very low for this lot. I mean, oh, we'd no. be, I mean, we'd be lucky to get past 63, I think. I think chat's been doing great so far. Chat, just be who you are. I The, the chat generally fills me with a sense of mediocrity most weeks. Oh, my God. I think, I think we deal with... Very mediocre people, and I don't—I doubt anything will happen throughout the rest of today's stream that will prove me wrong. Anyway, uh, starting with Onyxia, who gave us $10, and said, Just figured I'd pop this in early and say thanks for all the videos over the years. I can't wait to listen to this while I'm at work later tonight. Also, Yards, how does one go about doing audiobooks? Well, the general rule is... You use speaking instead of typing. That's how you go about doing an audiobook in contrast to doing a normal book. I think they mean, like, where do you go to record it? Is there, like, a place in the city? Do you have to, like, go uh, to Los Angeles uh, to record well, the it? Well, publish, the publisher usually sorts out a studio. Last time I was in a studio in San Francisco, not far from uh, the piers. So that was nice. Okay. When I was doing the pickups, I brought the family and... When, oh, we were done, nice. when we were done, we went down to the pier where, we, where you can look at all the seals and stuff. Yeah, is uh, is it like in a, in a in like a big room where you'd think like a band would record an album, or is it like a small booth uh, that feels it, it like a coffin? It depends on what space is available when the booking comes in. I've like recorded in tiny cupboards, and I've recorded in like huge studios. Actually, I recorded some of my books in uh, Fantasy Studios in Berkeley which is now shut down, but that was the studio where Green Day recorded Dookie. Oh, that's cool. And I was in like a really big space that was clearly big enough for a you know, huge band. It was actually a little bit yeah. too big. They had to put like extra wall dividers in the room to act as baffles. Oh, okay. When it was just me. Yeah, because it would just be like sort of an echo. Reading yeah. out a book. And usually I'll be in the booth for like uh, our full day's shifts. Do a few hours, have lunch, then do a few more hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a it's hard on the throat. You got to make sure you've got uh, a regular supply of a hydration, usually in the form of tea or throat spray, to keep you. Yeah, going. I mean, I even I even felt at the end because uh, I was on that stream with Nick all day Saturday. I even felt like yesterday I was like I don't want to speak to anyone. I need my, yeah, my voice you, needs to rest. That was yeah. too much. And you didn't have to maintain a constant no. audiobook reading voice that's exciting and interesting to listen to. No, my voice was terrible this weekend. Yeah, it was no, bad. All you, to, all you have to do is mumble from the back of your mouth like what I'm doing now the whole time. Yep. That's what happens when I see waifus. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Anyway, Slow Descent gives 300 uh, Norwegian kroner and says, Been a while since I last donated. Take my money. Will do, Slow Descent. Thank you very much. Thank you, Slow Descent. We'll take any money that's going. You can be a socialist, you can be a Nazi. We'll take whatever you give. I'd prefer not to take money from Nazis. Well, don't tell us you're a Nazi. Okay, please keep your Nazis. Our conscience will be clear. Yep. Cade Brockhausen gives $5 and asks, How was Gotham Knights, Yahtzee? Was it everything you'd ever hoped? Was it everything you'd ever dreamed? Has gaming been changed forever? <laughs> I invite you to come back next week, Cade Brockhausen, when my Zero Punctuation review will come out. Not, not the coming Wednesday, the Wednesday after. Yes, because this week is uh, Plague, Plague Tale Requiem. Yes. Plague Tale Requiem. Ooh. I've been seeing some pos- pretty positive reviews of, so I'm probably going to cause a bit of contention with my review, but never mind. Nazi, don't be mean. The game has rats and a brother-sister relationship. Wait, you, you're, like a, you're telling me not to be mean to a video game? Yeah. You know, have yeah. you met me? Which which Gotham Knight was your favorite? <laughs> which oh, I, like, I like Nightwing. No, I like Nightwing, too. I like his tight bum. He does a very tight bum. It seems like they, <sighs> Nintendo took Mario's ass away from us. Did you see that controversy, how Mario has no ass in the new movie? That's not actually a controversy, though, is it? I mean, it should be, because Mario had a very plump ass in at least Mario I hope Odyssey. It's not a, I hope, at least I hope it's not a controversy. Uh, it is around, around places I hang out. Which, I never, um, I no never sort of put. Uh, I never put much thought into the matter of whether I'd like to rest my head upon Mario's pillowy cheeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we uh, we spend time in different circles. <clears throat> well, so as you certainly seem to be spending a lot of time in Mario's circles. Ah! Oh God! Oh, thank you, everyone. I'll be here all week. Volunteer Braveheart gives five euros and says a question on discipline. How do you hold yourself accountable in order to stick to an idea and see it through, be it a book or video game? Well, just to repeat some advice I've given on Dev Diary, I find the best thing to do is just focus on doing at least one thing every day. Mm-hmm. Make sure you do at least one thing every day that brings you a little bit closer to completion, even if it's just one tiny thing, because then at least you've always got a certain amount of momentum. Once you skip a day, it's too easy to skip another. You set a precedent. Yeah, it becomes a downward spiral. And you said the same thing with like writing. You set a, a word goal, right? Was it a thousand words or something? Or a page? Or that yeah, something? that's my usual goal. Page a day. Yeah. No more, no less. Because if you write, if you write more, you tend to burn out too fast. Yeah. And I think if you're starting off, I would set smaller goals. If you set yeah. small goals, they're very easy to accomplish. Then you'll feel good about yourself and you'll keep coming back. Same thing if like you're trying to get in shape. There you go. Yeah, set the lowest possible standard for yourself. Great advice. I think it's great. That's how Mario's going to get his ass back. He needs to set low, small goals to to get that ass 
back, and then in a year or two, his his thick ass will be will be back, and it'll be great. Does jumping a lot help the ass? So that's what someone in chat mentioned, which I really liked, that this is actually going to be a prequel for Mario's ass, the movie, and because he hasn't jumped a lot. And so in the movie, by the end of it, he'll his ass will grow because he's jumped so much. I would have thought the power would be more in the calves. Um, yeah, maybe stuff with the pipes helps with the ass. Because I don't know like what mu- muscle you use for the pipes. Well, laying... Chad, if you know what muscle you use for the pipes, sound Lay- off. Laying some pipe certainly involves mm-hmm. the ass. It is. It sure does. Shulk Iep, member for eight months in early access, says, If Silent Hill F good, will Yartz eat his own ass? No, I'll probably be pleasant. No, I will be pleasantly surprised. You know who's asking? I mean, I feel like, I feel like you guys think of me like the evil teachers in a Stephen King book. Like, uh, if, if, like the teachers who like actively want their students to fail and get really yeah, annoyed sure. if they succeed. Yeah, yeah. I want games to succeed. It's, I hope Silent Hill episode is good. If it's good, like, you know, good for Silent Hill, I will enjoy playing it. Hooray, good for me. Everyone's happy. Did you? I don't want to step on the toast because, uh, spoilers, but you're going to be talking about it, I believe, on Extra Punctuation this week. But, Certainly um, will. Did you, watch, did you watch the trailers for Silent Hill F and Afterfall, especially? Well, I, open quotes, watched the entire announcement stream in the sense that I skipped, like, in, in chunk skipped every time someone started talking in chunks of about yep. 10 seconds at a time every time the sweet japanese people entered their weird uh like the room where the mandalorian was filmed that was set inside uh set inside silent hill i guess i missed that part i just watched <clears throat> the teasers and uh every time like a figurine or a skateboard appeared i just skipped that's that's, that's probably good uh okay i'm but curious because yes. i i'm i'm I thought uh, F and uh, Townfall looked very intriguing, both because I thought they were effective teasers as well as uh, the folks behind the games. So, well, I'm you'll hopeful. get you'll have to watch this week's extra punctuation for members, and you'll hear everything I have to say about the announcement stream. Yay! Yes, but non-members have to wait till next week, like the rest of the scrubs, like all you Ooh. scrubs not donating right now. As we screwed, just donated. It's gold. Yeah, I was still only at 62.5. Told you they were a bunch of wasters. I don't think they're wasters. Toki gives 50 RONs to say, I just realised the show is live during the evening, not in the middle of the night for me, so I don't have to listen to you on Spotify anymore. Hi, Yahtzee. Hi, Marty. Thank you for all your content. Aw, thank you so much. You're welcome. But in space, though, gives $5 and says, Have you guys seen Fraser Meets Columbo? It's a short comic by artist Joe Choynard. Seems like something you two would like. Funnily oh, enough, cool. I have read that, but in space, though. Because, uh, yeah, I, uh, occasionally follow the, uh, webcomic that guy does. And I got linked to it somewhere. So he did, like, did a little short it? comic in which, which is like a crossover between Fraser and Columbo, where Fraser and Niles murder someone and try to cover it up. And it's I was really. Say that as a joke. But apparently that is what it's about. It's amazingly authentically written for both shows. Yeah. It really like <laughs> uh, really pulls off the vibe mm-hmm. of both of both sets of characters. Yeah. Uh, Shulky P comes back with four euros to say, or perhaps some other kind of promise for F, referring to Silent Hill F again. All right, I yeah. promise I will talk about Silent Hill F <clears throat> in the next extra punctuation. How about that? 
Wow. Shulky, you made it happen. It definitely hasn't already been written and is in production. You sure did. Uh, Cade Brockhausen gives $5 and says Splatoon was almost a Mario spin-off. The devs were told they could only use Mario as a last resort if they couldn't come up with a different mascot. I thought it was a Mario spin-off at first. I thought they were like spinning off the uh, the, the little squiddy enemies that are a recurring oh, yeah. enemy in Mario the, games. The bloopers? Yeah. yeah, the bloopers. I was about to say bloomers, but that didn't sound right. No, no, I don't think it was bloomers. But, then I was about um, to say blooper because I was still thinking about the Silent Hill announcement stream. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need to talk about blooper. It's fine. Uh, yeah, you can you can sense Mario DNA in there, especially like you can sense a, a similar because it's what it's like reverse sunshine, where instead of cleaning, yeah. you're gooping. Um, yeah, and it's like established now that it's in the post-apocalypse after the humans all died out. So yeah. is that what happened to the Mario world? Is that what happened to the Mushroom Kingdom? There was an apocalypse and the bloopers took over? Uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great if like the last level of uh, Platoon 3 was like the remnants of New Donk City. Yeah, just a skull with a Mario hat. Yeah, I think it'd be great. <clears throat> Scavenger gives... A... Yes, Scavenger gives $20 and says... New game characters are relevant in the same way as Furiosa, the Babadook, or Omar from The Wire, but Mario mainline games symbolize a level of quality. Every generation has a wow moment from a Mario game. Okay. Games are as relevant in the same way as Furiosa, the Babadook, or Omar from The Wire, but Mario mainline games. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess relevant is like which we kind of touched on. I was like, we used relevant because it felt like a good title. Um, yeah. Clickbaity, you know, as I said. Yeah. But I mean, we did talk about it so that it did work. Um, and yeah, like, I don't, but I don't think Mario, yeah, Mario doesn't have to be relevant because of who he is in the same way that those fictional characters you mentioned are relevant as, as either archetypes or as individuals. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of it's, it's relevant because, like what other, not even gaming franchise, but what other franchise as a whole has been around for forty plus years and not had? Ooh, those were the dark days. Like Bond had its dark days. Um, mm. uh, uh, every gaming franchise has had its dark days. Star Wars fucking definitely had its dark days. Um, when, was, when when do you when do you think Bond's dark days were? Because you know I think every every one has different tastes and every era of bond has appealed to a different taste yeah um i think the darkest days were uh, the the end of the brosnan era hmm. um and uh, i'm very weird and i don't like the roger moore movies and i know that gets me a lot of shit but I, i'm not a fan of oh, i think moore. a lot of people would agree with you there because yeah more obviously took it in a slightly more comedic direction yeah but I, I like almost all of the Connery movies, and I think there's there's some good stuff to find in like the the weird the Lazenby's and Dalton's as well. Yeah, I think a lot of Connery's legacy is tainted by him being a big weird misogynist in retrospect. He is a big weird misogynist in retrospect. Yeah, although I mean, not even in retrospect, he that's just was. kind of fully in keeping with Bond's portrayal in the books for whatever what that's worth. Yeah, so maybe he's, it was method acting when he hit women. I think Nintendo like generally I think Nintendo generally's had dark days like the Wii U which never really had a 10 pole Mario unless you count New Super Mario World. Uh no, had 3D uh 3D World. Oh yeah, that as well. That's what I meant. Yeah, which was great. I mean, in 3D World, I would make the the I'm probably the weird one out, but I think that's the best 3D Mario game. 
That is pretty weird. Like, I, I like it better than Odyssey. I like it better than Sunshine. I like it better than Galaxies. Better than 64. See, Mario 3D World always felt like it had the sensibilities of a 2D Mario, even though it was mm-hmm. in 3D. Yeah. It, it very felt, it very much felt like it took Mario 3, the little, like, bite-sized levels, and mm. just shifted the camera around a little bit. Yeah. Like, uh, the challenges were sort of like, you'd do, like, a 2D-style challenge, and then... Mm-hmm turn a corner and do another 2d style challenge down yeah yeah the corridor also had cats though which were very nice oh yeah yeah the slightly suspect cat aspect of that game <laughs> everyone dressed up in fursuits and then said meow yeah suggestively <laughs> mario was doing it before movies did uh yeah there you did, go did the cats adaptation before they had to digitally remove the buttholes and the bulges why did they put buttholes on in the first place I don't know. Maybe to just dist- to distract you from the bulges. But, the right, but that doesn't work because the bulge is right next to the butthole. It's it's more like signposting it, if anything. It's just drawing your eyes straight there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Tommy Salty, member for 31 months in Tip Jar. Wow. Oh, thank you, Tommy. No message, though. But 31 months is quite a lot. Uh, SVS Guru 2000 gives five euros and says Mario makes pasta carbonara with cream. Don't know where that came from, but thanks. Uh, yeah, I mean, as as an Italian American, I bet he, he he enjoys his his pastas. What's your favorite pasta? So there's a pasta uh, restaurant, like takeout restaurant near where I live, where we get takeout from occasionally. Where you like. You, it's sort of like Subway. You choose your style of pasta, you choose your style of filling, you choose your sauce. Okay. One yeah, there's one. a place here called Noodles and Company that does a similar thing. I really um, like getting like a nice beef and spinach ravioli in a spicy marinara sauce. That sounds that sounds wonderful. I fucking love I love every pasta. Like you gotta ooh, baked ziti. John Ingalls says baked ziti. Yeah, I can fuck up the baked ziti. I'm not like a fan rotinis. of I'm not really a fan of creamy sauces in pasta. Okay, you're not like a big Alfredo guy? I'm not into Alfredo. Yeah, and, I, and relatedly, I don't really like chicken in my pasta, but I'll okay. eat up anything tomato-based and yeah. uh, pesto. I I like if I'm in the mood for it. Love pesto as well. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could, I, I could, I could dance with carbonara as well. Great. There stuff. you go. Pasta's pasta's wonderful. There you go. In our discussion of Mario games, we discussed our favorite pasta. It's not racist. Nintendo do it, did it first. It's not, it's not racist, Miyamoto did it He's a good person go. Cade Brockhausen gives $5 And says, final thoughts before I run out of money I think Mario still has a place as a platforming series His games aren't amazing, but they set the bar I, That's pretty much what I said, Cade Brockhausen It's pretty much the only main, Mainstream platforming franchise Still going But I think his games, the Temple games Still are amazing I think I think odyssey people do consider amazing i just said how much i loved 3d world the, the galaxy games like beloved these are games that yeah. get tens and awarded games of the year um because odyssey isn't always correct but plenty of 3d platformers in indie space of course hat in yeah time yeah was really good and there was that hell pie thing loved hell pie yeah miyamoto was a big fan of that one correct me if i'm wrong can you think of chad what was the last other like mainstream platforming series besides Sonic, because we all know Sonic. Psychonauts. Can anyone think of anything? Because I remember, like early in the PS One days, they were trying to do three D platformers all over the place. I guess Crash yeah. Bandicoot might be a good, might be. Yeah, Crash. Last. 
uh, you know, Sly Cooper, Jack and Daxter, uh, Ratchet was always more of an action yeah. game. Yeah, we got some some Donkey or uh, the 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 Banjo Kazooie trilogy, which I still think they're going to go back to. Um, mm. Rayman went 3D. Uh, Psychonauts got we had two games of those. Super Lucky's Tale, yeah. Even like the uh, action shooters in like the early PS1 era trying to have some platforming elements. Do you remember Apocalypse with Bruce Willis? With Bruce Willis, yeah, yeah. Or Shadow Man. Yeah, I try not to remember Shadow Man. I think I, think I played of... the N64 port of that and it was pretty bad. Do you remember the original Tomb Raiders when they were more like sort of 3D Prince, and per- Prince of Persia realistic platformers? Yeah, yeah. You know, almost had to like line up your body geometrically with the edge yeah. in order to run and run and jump i kind of liked when there was a bit more you know exactitude required you had to actually yeah. hold down a button to grab the ledge without just assuming you'd grab onto it automatically yeah man uh those two those are the two murder games that are rough <laughs> well <laughs> yeah they sort of exchanged that kind of roughness for a different kind of roughness later yeah, on. yeah yeah i guess so yeah um <clears throat> John Connor gives five Canadian dollars and says, Has Mario ever been relevant as a character? A lukewarm can of soup would have more of a pulse. Mario is just Nintendo shorthand for platformer. Well, that's addressing the, like, in the, in the narrative sense, I, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, Mario, I, 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 I think, to me, a character doesn't have to be a thing that is well-written with an arc. Like, a character can be an archetype. A character can be a vessel for adventures, which is what... Um, Mickey Mouse's, which Mario well, is obviously most, mostly based on. Well, there's two sort of approaches when it comes to narrative. You can have, uh, you can have, you can explore characters or you can explore a world. Mm-hmm. Like Alice in Alice in Wonderland isn't really a character. The world sure. she's in is the character. Yeah, yeah. But you, but something has to be the character. Something has to be the hero, as the Great British Bake Off would say. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the last episode? It was uh, Halloween themed. They had to make apple no. cakes. How did how did they do? Uh, a lot of them fucked it up. <laughs> I just hope the Scottish guy stays on as long as possible because I really like listening to Scottish people's accents. There you go. <laughs> how did they uh, fuck up their apple cakes? Well, specifically, they wanted them to make a cake work that's uh, really expressed the flavour of apple. A lot of okay. people just interpret that to mean put a load of cinnamon in it, so all you could taste was cinnamon. Yeah, yeah, which isn't the taste of an apple. It's just the thing that goes with apple. I like British Bake Off. I made, but I made banana bread yesterday. I was going to a potluck, and uh, we oh. had we had nothing uh, to bring, and I'd only just remembered we were going to a potluck. So I thought, give me an hour, and I've rustled up a banana bread. Hell yeah! <laughs> like the See? hero that I am. Is that like one of your specialties? Like, is that something that that could be your go-to if you need to whip up something quick? I guess I have my own like preferred methods. I, I always mm-hmm. put a dry, I always sprinkle dried fruit through my banana bread because it adds an essential moisture. I think banana bread yeah. can very easily get get dry. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Anyway, uh, Nick Matthewson gives six ninety nine Canadian dollars and says, "Well, it looks like you guys are going to smash that seventy five hundred goal." Well, don't count your chickens, Nick Peterson. These time wasters haven't even gotten us to 65% yet. Will you, be flying, will you be flying to Hawaii instead of Milwaukee if we give you enough money? No, we will not, Nick Matthewson. 
We're going to Milwaukee because that's where Jack's setup is, and he's got a he's got a, a room recording all, space and everything. Yeah, yeah, he's got a room all uh, all set up in mind for us. Also, everyone's gotten so excited about the idea of the bronze Fawn statue and the spy themed restaurant that we have to do Milwaukee. Yay! See, that was excitement. Uh, Will Cooling gives two pounds and says, "Really enjoying Proteus. Thanks for the recommend. You're Thanks. welcome, Will Cooling." Glad someone watched that video. <laughs> Scavenger gives $10 and says, Charlie Martinet refers to Mario as a positive character to children. He got the teacher's typing team to change the dialogue. Instead of, you failed, it was supportive. Nice try. Let's try again. I well, like that. That'll never show them what reality's like. They'll I be, like it. They'll be eaten alive in high school. We need more Charles Martinets in our world. Is it Martinet or Martinet? Uh, it's probably Martinet, but I'm uh, an ignorant American, so I can say Because it's however he says it. That's true. But he probably says it with a weird Mario accent, so who knows. Does, does he do any other voice roles? I assume he must do. He did one of the big old dragons in Skyrim. Like one of the main dragons. Oh yeah, I've been hearing about that. Yeah. CR20 gives $5 and says, Injured my hand and can't play video games. Glad I'm able to play vicariously through you guys while I heal. Oh, well, well, I'm only sorry. Only one hand, CR20. What's stopping you playing point-and-click adventure games with a mouse or something? What if it's a non-dominant hand? I'm very bad with a mouse with my left hand. Uh, you can still play mobile games. You can. Yeah, set up an iPad on your lap and start poking. There you go. A couple of little suggestions there. From your pal Yahtzee. There you go. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I lost a place. Hang on. Um, we were at uh, two, three, three. Jason, welcome to the tip jar. Been a member for five months. Thank you so much. Now we're at Eric Cartman. Do you want to uh, Eric Cartman? What do you got? Hang on. Nope, I got it. Uh, Eric Carman gives $5 and says, what do you think is the bigger factor for determining a franchise's shelf life? The quality of the games or the presence of the brand? Mm. Well, it's, in, in terms of specifically shelf life, then yeah, I guess it's all about what's most noticeable from across a room. Yeah. I mean, are we literally referring to like shelf life as like... Well, I was, just slightly facetiously. Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, because quality, there's plenty of amazing games that did not sell nearly as well as they should. So I do think yeah. brand recognition goes a long it's way. Good, I mean, it's good to have something for people to focus on, I guess. That was my point as to why Prey 2017 didn't really take off. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, like, uh, I, I guess kudos to Nintendo for, like, the easy thing with Splatoon would have been 
Mario Splash or something, you know. Mm. Um, but the fact that they didn't hedge it to Mario and hedged it on on new characters and a new IP, and then it ended up being incredibly successful in Mario uh, Paint in Japan. Things Mar- around yeah. Mario Paint all of a sudden. It, it is crazy to me that we haven't gotten a Mario Paint again. Like especially on like we've had Nintendo consoles with with uh, you know pointing well, tried, and with touching. Well, they tried Wii Music and nobody liked it. That's true. That's because they didn't make it dumb enough, like Trombone Hero. Oh, fair enough. The fuck that game's called. <laughs> Cade Brockhausen gives two dollars and says, "I will see the movie just for Jack Black Bowser." I'm sure he'll be great. See, as I said in my extra punctuation about the Mario movie, what that casting sort of immediately transmits to me that they're going for a sort of slightly above it all, a slightly ironic take. Yeah, yeah. Which is sort of the standard operating procedure for this sort of like media these days. I think of stuff like Star Trek Lower Decks. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, we're all disaffected Zoomers as well. Give us money. Yeah. But apparently Lower Decks is really good. <clears throat> I, 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 I say it that from a position of having not watched a single moment yeah. of it. Yeah, but I, I, I know the exact thing, you're, the <clears throat> kind of tone and tenor you're talking yeah, about. Everything's sort of following Rick and Morty's lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Cooling gives two British pounds and says, My son was, is, drawn to Mario and Sonic as characters. Well, yeah. Make sure he doesn't become a furry then. That seems to be what happens to kids who are drawn to Sonic. Uh, is there a Yahtzee the Hedgehog? Certainly yeah, is. Uh, there's an everyone the Hedgehog. Yahtzee the Hedgehog. Yeah, I think there's also something uh, kind of just iconic about... Oh, there's just a lot of thumbnails of, of stuff that you did with uh, Sonic. Oh, probably, yeah. Um... Yeah, I think there's also just something pretty iconic and simple with their design. Uh, and, and again, I don't know if that's just because it's been around long enough, but um, they haven't, like, futzed with it a bunch in the same way that, well, Sonic has, I guess. Sonic went from being, like, a pudgy little cute dude to a hmm. guy with attitude and everything. Um, Mario's kind of stayed the same, though. Cade Brockhausen gives two dollars and says, "And because Bowser is hot, there I said it." Listen, I'm glad you were comfortable enough to say that Bowser is hot because we've all been thinking it. Well, there has always been a a sort of characterization around Bowser that he's sort of a himbo. Uh, (laughs) I mean, that sort of came out when that you know. uh, Bowsette, all that Bowsette fan out started coming out. I there remember, was something yeah. weirdly, there's some sort of almost an animal sexuality to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just a big corn dog. I mean, what was with that game, Bowser's Inside Story, where we spend the whole game inside his beefy board? He loved it. I'm going to be honest, he loved every second of it. A little sicko. Sorry, I keep getting weird texts. Uh, Pablo Pseudonym gives $2 and says, Has new gameplay got new hyped for RE4 make? No, it has not, Pablo Pseudonym. I did watch <laughs> a recent gameplay trailer of the new Resident Evil 4 make, and yeah. it just reinforced my feeling that this feels very useless. Aw. It just, it just like feels that. like they've just... They're just bringing up Resident Evil 4 to sort of the standard generic model of the current Resident Evil series and sanding off all the interesting edges. Um, 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious to see how the, we've we've both said how they're going to handle the weirdness of the game. Uh, I'm I'm curious if they're going to lean into it or if they are going to try to make it serious. Uh, I I I was disheartened to hear that people think that you can no longer save the dog and have it come help you during the boss fight, and that the dog is just dead. Hey, it's that, that dog. But it's dead. Hey, it's that dog. What? Exactly. No. See this. See that's what the remake won't give us. All those lovely yeah. memeable turn, turns of dialogue that Resident Evil Four had. <laughs> it's that dog. Do you think? Do you think someone's going to say your right hand comes off in the remake? That'd be good. I would like it. I would like it a lot. Do you think he'll say, "Where's everybody going?" Bingo! In the remake. I really hope so. Fat chance. Ahem. <clears throat> Uh, Jules Rowe gives two euros and says, two euros I found in me knickers. Also, Marty is greater than Mario. No, don't say that. Well, if, well he doesn't make quite as much money. I wish he did. No. He could contribute to this, to this uh, thing we're doing. I which, contribute to this thing we're doing with my time, Yahtzee. My time. Which still hasn't gotten past 65%, incidentally. They're <laughs> doing so good. <laughs> They're doing so good. They certainly won't get past it by the end of this stream. Doing so good. Camja Ninja gives $5 and says, Yeah, see, when this whole video game fad finally collapses, you've got a solid future doing Findom streams. Well, fair Findom. enough. What's Findom? It's, uh, it's a sort of sexual kink that revolves around someone controlling you financially. So, oh, financial domination. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Like a sexy lady <laughs> orders you to give her all your money and you do. <laughs> you laugh, but this is a thing. This is li this is li actually a thing. And it's literally what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. See, what I've found yeah. is, for whatever reason, I have a sort of bearing that people want to prove wrong. Whether it be in the comments of my videos or when I say they aren't going to give us enough money for the uh for the for the uh, donation drive see yeah. uh i'm learning to exploit this power of mine i like it yeah yeah you're using it for good i guess yeah we'll say good yeah, you're yeah. Using it for i'm good. stealing yeah. everyone's money for good yeah it's like a robin hood scenario there you go rob from the rich and give to ourselves so we can mm -hmm. go on holiday to wisconsin i'm not going on holiday i just live here okay so. I have to actually pay money to drive my car to Milwaukee. You can have so. a staycation. There you go. Perfect. Uh, Wesley Thomas gives five Canadian dollars and says, Shaming me is never going to make me cough up any money. Ha! It is to laugh. What a transparent attempt to shake us down for cash. Wait, oh crap. Very witty, Wesley Thomas. Findome. I get the oh joke. Oh my god. Andrew Hickenbottom gives three pounds and says, Is it at 69% yet? Pudsy the bear needs you. <laughs> As if, Andrew Hickenbottom. As if we'll get to 69% today. I think it's possible. We have many streams left. We have several streams left. Uh, Lulro, welcome to Early Access. Good on you for making the sound financial decisions. And Eric Cartman comes back with $5 and says, Watch the Escapist game night. <coughs> Yahtzee, Frost and Marty are one smooth baritone voice away from a barbershop quartet. Yeah, I'm. I like streamed with Frost for the first time when we did the Proteus post EP stream. I was not prepared for how yeah. gorgeous that dude's voice is. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. I could listen to him all day. Yeah, 
People say I've got uh, a sexy voice. Christ. We could have a barbershop quartet with the three of us and then Nick screaming in terror in the background when he there gets you spooked. Go. So there you go. That's perfect. Scavenger gave us $5 and says, shout out to Marty for summoning the bots with talk of brother-sister relationships. Now we know why he liked Game of Thrones in 12 minutes. First off, I like Game of Thrones because it was great. Second off, I do not like 12 minutes. I, I keep saying this. I don't like 12 minutes from the start. People generally get the sense that you like things that I hate. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> we do disagree on a lot of games. I do mean, you, that is true. Do you like Plague Tale Requiem? Uh, I, I, I enjoyed it very much, yeah. Uh-oh, well, is this there, another one? Well, there we go. You did hated you like, it? Did you like Gotham Knights? Uh, I haven't played it yet. Well, let's assume you will. Okay, um, we'll see. I'll play Gotham Knights by the time you review it, and we'll see. I don't think I'm going to like Gotham Knights. I'll say that. We well, agree on something. We both really like Neon White. Look at that. That's true. Uh, although I was turned off by the waifu stuff. Oh, yeah. And I was turned the opposite direction. Turned on. Just say it. Turn on. Turned was, on by the waifus. On. Yeah, that's why I was playing on Switch, because I was so horned up that I needed to take it on the go. I was not horned up by the game. It's not even That's like barely waifu stuff. There is a beach episode. Yeah, that's, that's, that. that's the usual... Uh, you know, symptom of waifu disease. Aside from that, waifu disease. SVS Guru 2000 gives 10 euros, says, did you ever do what Neil Gaiman did to force himself to write? Sit down somewhere doing absolutely nothing until you're so bored you automatically start writing. I know I haven't tried that, although I will say that I've occasionally found like long-haul flights to be a really good place to think of new ideas because... I just find myself sitting there doing absolutely nothing and my brain just sort of goes on a weird trip. Mm -hmm. That was where I came up with the idea for pre-flight panic. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, also a good thing is either don't take your phone or put your phone in airplane mode or just don't. If you don't have a phone on you, you don't have a thing that can give you constant distractions. I always bring my phone and my switch, but I always challenge myself to go as long as I can without using them. Yeah. I just stare into space and think. And next thing you know, eight oh, hours go by. It always worries me when I'm sitting next to someone who does that. I always think they're they're plotting. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, they're gonna they're gonna make a they're gonna make a run for the cockpit. I'm Today's the day. Oh, excuse me. The dogmatic director gives two dollars and says, "Just chipping in for AIN Live. Don't mind me. Adventures Night Live. Thank you for chipping in. Every little helps, I suppose." Thank you so much. Oh, I see we're over sixty-five percent now. Well, well done. You've met the lowest of all possible standards. I've my Hello. estimation of the chat has increased from floor level to uh, a centimeter above floor level. And I think you guys have been great. I think it's like that centimeter. It's tough. These are tough times. The fact you that could always sell more level. furniture. Are they furniture salesmen? Is that who the audience is? No, I'm saying they could just pawn all their possessions, so when they run out of money, they could keep giving us money. Oh, that's true. You have two kidneys. You don't need both of them. Yeah, yeah. You only need half a liver, I understand. What, what, what do I got this other one wasting away for? There you go. Just laziness, really. Hunter Road gives $10 and says, All of my points I wanted to add have all right been made. I assume you mean already, Hunter Road. So here's 10 bucks anyway. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Hunter. Shulky P comes back 
to flash some more money around. 50 euros, to be precise. A deep red super chat there. Ooh. And says, Yahtzee, that was all a reference to your review of Silent Hill Homecoming, where in a prior review you promised to eat your own ass if it convinced you the series wasn't over. Just a reminder. I forget, I forgot I wrote that. Well, but I'm did you still like PT? Do you I need am... to eat your ass because of PT? No, no, I didn't think that changed anything in my mind. PT's great. You know who's great? Kojima. What a great guy. I guess. If you like that sort of thing. I love that sort of thing, let me tell you. Also, Shulky P. Oh, yeah. Two big old donos in a row. Shulky P again, Mr. Captain Moneybags, comes back with another 80 euros and says, come on, 65%. Shulky P, well, you did it. I guess we met that. If the world standard, had more Shulky Ps, it would be a better place. With That's a what I think. slightly more stimulated economy, apparently. It would, yes. And more trips to Wisconsin. Hell yeah. Wisconsin's great. Someone was hating on Wisconsin earlier in the chat. Wisconsin's great. Great state. Mr. Black Doctor 666, member for five months in early access, says, Filming Adventure is now live at RLM Studios. Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. No. No. I think we're doing it at uh, the Improv Theater where Jack works. I believe so. Yeah. Jack's uh, theater we're going to be filming during the day because um, yeah. it only it does its... its public showings at night as jack repeatedly reminds us all he's not actually mm. a core member of red letter media they just ask him on when they need a fourth board mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he doesn't he's not like a full-time employee like the others correct so he doesn't have any influence on decisions or any ownership of any of their resources well don't you worry because very soon we have another question about red letter media so oh, great Shulky P comes in again with another 30 euros and says, have to prove Yahtzee wrong. Well, consider me proved wrong, Shulky P. Boy, I sure feel told. But guess you'll have to continue to prove me wrong in all upcoming streams. Shulky P, this is Shulky. I'm worried, Shulky P. Are these decisions financially sound? Hey, he's stimulating the economy. Better than fucking Bezos hoarding it all on the Cayman Islands. This is true. What if Shulky P is Bezos, though? Well, then he could probably donate a lot more, and he's an asshole for not doing so. True. <laughs> oh, what do you know? Max Kent gives 499 and says, Any chance for Red Letter Media crossover when you're in Milwaukee? Almost certainly not, Max Kent. Because we'll all be too busy recording D&D &D for you ungrateful sods. And we'll be at the Spy Restaurant. And presumably they'll be too busy making whatever the hell they're making. Probably won't be at the spy restaurant. As I said before, I am not discounting the possibility of at some point running across one of the Red Letter Media dudes it, uh, by nature of being in vicinity to Jack. But that's about all I would expect. Mm -hmm. And just uh, to clarify, Milwaukee is a large city. There's yeah, like a million people yeah. there. So, well, I wouldn't. I don't. I'm not saying I'd stumble upon them in the street or anything. That's what I, just I thought. thought. I thought, that's what I thought of, you were going to say. I just thought maybe on one of our like time off days, mm -hmm. we could hang out with Jacks. We're, we're somewhere where Jack likes to hang out, and maybe one of the other Red Letter Media guys will show up there. Who knows? I feel like you're getting everyone's hopes up. I'm just saying the possibility exists. That is all I'd be prepared to say. See, Mr. Black Dark said, "Oh my God, Red Letter, ever, oh, Red Letter Media crossover confirmed." This is what you've done. Yeah. What you've done. <laughs> Shulky P gives 15 euros and says, "Yeet." You're just showing off now, Shulky P. 
Yeah, Chucky Pete, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. Well, I'm not. These sums keep getting smaller and smaller. You're the should have left. Should have ended it on a bang. <clears throat> John Connor gives five Canadian dollars and says, "Shame is the name of the game, and I don't know how to play." Well, it's obvious you don't, John Connor. You're doing very good. You're doing very good, John Connor. And I Shulky shame Pete. you for that for that super chat. Shame is the the Jelko of the stream. Jelko over the weekend, ooh, donating so much during Persona, it was great. <laughs> well, we know who likes their waifus. Sinistar gives $10 and says, First time catching this live as I work nights. I think Mario is relevant as the main symbol of Nintendo, sort of like Mickey Mouse is with Disney. Well, welcome to half an hour ago, Sinistar. Oh, hey, this is their day off. Oh, okay. Thank you, Sinistar. I think that was a great comment. Uh, that guy, you know, gives $2 and says, You'll never get 7500 Never, never, ever. Oh, well, that attitude we won't. I agree, that guy, you know, because as I said, these people like you are just wasting everyone's time with your little piddly $2 donations. I think a little bit goes a long way. That's what I think. <clears throat> Jewel Rowe gives five euros and says, sold a nut. I think Jesus you might have, Christ. think they might have under, under, undersold you there, Jewel Rowe. Yeah, if it was only five euros, that's, the, 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 I don't know, maybe like the nut market's slow though. I, I don't actually know. The dogmatic director gives $2 and says, fine, I think I have a kidney to spare. See, occasionally I feel bad about all this roasting people for the money, but they keep giving us money, so what can you do? I've, you can probably uh, stop. You can, you can, we can stop. Apparently it works. Well, I feel like I should, can't stop <laughs> I now. I am thinking about like, I didn't I've, know what this was. I feel like I can't stop now. I feel like it's working too well. When I first read Findom, I thought it said Fandom, and that's what no. D, uh, Warner Brothers and DC called their fan event, the Fandom. And now I'm imagining just like The Rock getting on stage there and negging everyone until they give money to see Black Adam. Fan which is pretty much how movies work. Financial dom domination. Malika seven eight six two gives four ninety nine dollars. Says here, have my money. Also, what do you two think of the Silent Hill two remake trailer? Hey. Like I said, you have to wait for my next extra punctuation to find out what I thought of it. You don't have to wait for my extra punctuation, because I don't do that. I thought the trailer was pretty underwhelming. And <gasps> I don't like how I don't like how he looks. It's, I don't like his face. I don't like but his face. You, look! You I don't like, like his face. But you like things. I do like things. I think Resident Evil 4 looks great. I just uh, his face. I can't he was looking in the mirror and that's such an iconic shot and I didn't like it. Also he wasn't looking at us. In the original Silent Hill 2, if you boost the boost the brightness up, it turns out when he's looking into the mirror, he's looking directly into the camera. He's not doing that in this trailer. I don't remember that at all. I guess I never boosted the brightness up. Oh my god, you gotta boost brightness up. Changes the way you think about things in life. <clears throat> Mr. John Ray Asher gives $10 and says, Hey, thanks for a super cash stream. Have a fun-sized donation. So every time someone says thanks for the stream, I say you're welcome, and I feel awkward because they gave us money, so I have to say thanks. So I have to say both thanks and you're welcome. Is there a, is there a sentence that means both thanks and you're welcome the way aloha means hello and goodbye? Uh, thanks about, and you're welcome. How about no worries? I find that's no a worries. Good, no worries is a good all-purpose phrase for that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say no worries from now on. No worries. I type that out a lot. Andrew Hickenbottom gives five pounds and says, So if you and Mike's to class are having a baby, what will you call it? I will 
call it a mistake. Oh. I feel like you guys would make great parents. I don't know who Mike's thoughts cause is. Is that the guy who subbed in for Blink-182 when Tom DeLonge was away? No, no, no. He's one of the lead Red Letter Media guys. It's another oh, Red Letter shit. Media I question. Just assumed. I should have just assumed. God damn it. Andy Pants gives $5 and says, Missed the stream, but I made it to the part where I can give you money. Hello! I assume you talked about Paper Mario and how great it is. I think we we uh, ricocheted off that subject at one point, Andy Pants, yes. Yeah. I, I really Did you like uh, the, the Paper Mario from a few years ago? The, uh, or, the Origami King? No. Okay, I did. I thought it was nice. Battle system was pretty junk. I haven't liked any Paper Mario since Super Paper Mario, and I liked that less than I liked Paper Mario 2. Uh, same. Yeah, Thousand Year Door is uh, wonderful. It's amazing. Mr. Black Darkness 666 gives two euros and says, Will you discuss Silent Hill 2 with Rich Evans and Mike? Shut up! Shut up about Red Letter Media crossovers! Unless you have money, in which case we're fine with more questions. Okay, fine. Give us give us money and I'll keep telling you to shut up about Red Lizard Media questions. Bend down. Scavenger gives five dollars and says shaming for money is the new step on me, and Yahtzee is the new Lady Dimitrescu. As I say, you know, I've sort of accidentally stumbled into this Findom thing. Yeah. But turns out you're really good at it. You're like a you're you're a prodigy. You're a wunderkind. Guess I should set up that Cameo account. Yeah, seriously. Uh, you Michael, would probably make a lot of money off a Cameo account. Well, I've often thought so. But then yeah. I think, hang on, why don't I just get an agent and go into voice acting in that case? Why, why do it in the way people uh, work for Uber? Well, because if you get into voice acting, you need to, like, go places. Like a voice booth. Cameo, you could just be like, bleh, then you film it. I kind of like going to a voice booth. They're sort That's of true. the ones you went to sounded really nice. They're sort of eerily quiet in a weirdly appealing way. Yeah. Uh, Michael McKinney gives five dollars and says, "I'm late. Have some money anyway." Well, thank thanks, you, Michael. Michael McKinney. Like a I wizard, guess. you are not early or late. You are always on time, Michael. Mr. Black Doctor six 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 gives two euros and says, "Red Letter Media, Red Letter Media, Red Letter Media, Red Letter Media, Red Letter Media." This is like a Candyman thing? Like we're going to summon them in, the, in in a mirror? I assume that was his thought process. And finally, for now, Sinistar gives $5 and says, Figures my first super chat would be for something already brought up earlier in the stream. Here's an extra $5 to atone for my grievous sin. Well, I yes. guess I could <laughs> forgive you, Sinistar. That's a pretty funny assumption. Maybe you had different thoughts. We definitely glossed over certain things. Maybe you really liked Mario is missing or Mario in time. Oh, hold the phone. SVS Guru 2000 gives five euros and says, as long as people know it's just a good-natured ribbing, have you ever had the situation where someone took it seriously? I mean, well, I feel like that would have to be a person who has never watched your stuff before, and I, I don't know I, why. I think there's a, pretty much uh, every week in Zero Punctuation, there are people who really take their opinions of certain games very, very seriously. I don't know why anyone gives a shit about what anyone thinks about anything. I know that was a very broad thing, but people get mad. It's like, what are, what are we doing? Well, don't, you don't understand, Marty. If I talk shit about uh, Plague Tale Requiem, Plague Tale Requiem won't make as much money, and that's bad yeah. for me as a consumer. Uh, yeah, I feel somehow that there, there, there won't be as many rats in the next game. And I just we oh, need more goodness. rats. We need that third game to just be filled with rats. Oh yeah, well, grant you. If you want rats, then 
I heartily recommend the Plague Tale. Gotta be the most rats, most no. bang for your buck in terms of rats. Right? You'll you'll have rats up the bum. Genuinely, yeah, literally, like, yes, at many, yeah, on many like, occasions. like Richard Gear. Good solid Richard Gear goof. Uh, David Burge gives five dollars and says, "Let's start a pointless, stupid argument in comments. Does esports count as a real sport?" No shit. Well, before that argument kicks off, let's do the wrap up. Thanks for listening to slightly something else. Uh, I was Yatsi Crucial and I was joined by Marty Sleever and we were talking about Mario and and uh, financial domination, apparently. <laughs> uh, what have we got coming up this week? What's uh, what's Jack playing on his stream today? Uh, 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 some weird shit I've never heard of. Let me see what the, the art came through. Um, ay, ay, ay. Uh, Adaka? Adaka? A-D-A-C-A. A sci-fi FPS set on a mysterious planet called Adaka. I don't think I'm familiar with that one. It looks like the main mechanic is like a gravity gun-esque thing. Okay. Adaka. Can we talk about... And then later tonight, uh, we'll be uh, hitting gems with uh, at 6pm with... Uh, uh casey and uh jesse and they're playing uh war mongrels hmm. and can we can we can we talk about what we're doing next week uh can we oh uh uh if you're referring to the patreon goal i am then uh yes as from next week from monday next week i and jack We'll be starting our streams of Pulsar Lost Colony, which was the Patreon goal we recently reached. I yeah. will also be there. We're not all morning. mouth and no trousers, unlike some people. I don't have any trousers. But yeah, we're going to be doing that during uh, during the Jack streaming time on Mondays. Yes, we will be doing so, that. Because yes. uh, we're all busy people. We're all busy people. So yeah. yeah I, have, I, have I not, think we're going to be bad at it. I have not played Pulsar at all. Maybe I'll uh, check it out before then, but maybe it'll be more fun to see the first reactions. Oh, no. It will be streaming that for five weeks, as Nick very emphatically wants us to remind you. We'll be doing five streams of that for the next five weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, and as for the rest of this week, uh, don't forget Zero Punctuation on Wednesday, which was on the subject of Plague Tale Requiem and the post-CP stream, yep. of course. Usual time, usual place. You can see it on the site, or you can search on YouTube if you're a YouTube member or a Patreon subscriber. Otherwise, you'll have to wait till next week. And speaking of having to wait till next week, there's also a new extra punctuation dropping this week for members on Thursday on the subject yeah. of the Silent Hill announcement stream. I feel like you're going to have some some thoughts on that. Well, you'll find out. I think I know what you're most excited about is that weird ARG thing that they announced that I still don't understand what it was. Uh, yeah, I am clearly brimming with excitement for that specific thing. <laughs> I've watched several videos, and I went to different websites, and I legitimately still don't understand what it is. And yeah, I, well, yeah, well, that's good, because neither do I. And I thought <laughs> that ignorance was going to come across, but apparently it's, uh, <laughs> it's fairly widespread. Okay, good. Okay, last few Super Chats. Uh, John mm -hmm. Connor gives $2 to say, financially dominated, in asterisks. Yay. Uh, Jewel Rowe gives another 10 euros and says, sold me another nut. Ah. Maybe he's sold not me. selling his testicles, maybe he's just selling nuts, in which case he's the one massively overcharging for his nuts. Unless it's like macadamians from Hawaii, because those are, those are worth it. Would you pay $10 for one there? If they're really good, yeah, one nut. Who am I to put a price on nut? Okay, well, you sound really financially irresponsible. Why don't you ever do a <laughs> donation drive? <laughs> 
Uh, and Matthew Atkins gives $5 and says, Hear me out. Instead of flying everyone out, you can use the money for a fitted Versace suit for Toffee. Kind of like the idea. Well, it is a time of year when he needs to start wearing his little adorable sweater again. Oh, that's going to be cute on streams. Because otherwise, gonna nice. he's going to be hiding in my jacket a lot over the coming months. That's going to be really nice. Also, David Burge, to go back, I do think esports count as a sport. Well, we'll save that for another... Uh, slightly something else perhaps when we need another clickbaity title to get people good and frothy no no right. i don't have 30 minutes i don't have 30 minutes of thoughts on that my my thought was just i think it is a sport all right let's oh. get out of here before people start donating to get me to say hurt me more daddy and it starts feeling weird bye everybody, bye, everybody. You, did, you guys did so good today well did so good I'm so uh, you did adequately